This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the informational, inspirational, and transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. My name is Carl Valeri, and I'm here at Polk State College. Obviously, you know, this is one of my favorite places in the world uh, because I get to hang out with a bunch of students that are inspired and really motivated to get into aviation. And, you know, it's really neat to see their dreams come true. And one of the things that is really important in our lives as pilots or, or anything in our professions is to be able to give back, and that's one of the reasons I'm here. Uh, and don't forget, if you have any questions for the people here, the person I'm going to interview today, uh, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. And uh, and also you can find at aviationcareerspodcast.com all that information about coaching, scholarships guide, etc. You know, a lot of folks have asked me, you know, what about the other jobs in aviation? What's available? Well, there's a lot of really cool jobs out there. There's people that fix, you know, the airport facilities. There's people that fly airplanes, obviously. There's mechanics. But one of the really important people out there is the person that keeps uh, the airplanes going in the sky and, and actually monitors their progress, makes sure that everything's uh, done properly. And it's kind of an overview of what this aircraft dispatcher does, does a lot more than that. And Somebody who I think is really inspirational and somebody who's here with me today at Polk State College, an adjunct professor, is Adam Abouid. Adam, welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast, man. Thanks, Carl. Um, great to be here at Polk State. Um, it, it's just the guys here, the students, everyone is just really, really inspirational. Yeah, you know, I, I know you get a lot of that, you know, inspiration yourself from all the energy that's here. And I think it's absolutely wonderful. Um, Adam, you're an aircraft dispatcher. We'll talk a little bit about that. But in general, how did you come here, first of all, to uh, Polk State? And also tell us a little bit as to why why did you become an aircraft dispatcher? Well, Ironically, I started off as uh, an airport manager um, while I was in college. And a friend of mine asked me, hey, let's take this aircraft dispatch course. So I said, okay, I took it. In the beginning, it's kind of a funny story because I had no idea what operations was. I never knew you know, anything other than the planes, how they take off through lift. So I said, okay, why not? I'll take this course. And I took the course and Two weeks in, I said to this guy, oh, my God, what are you doing to me? And he said, why? What's going on? I said, well, I'm kind of struggling. He kind of helped me out. Um, it was quite the experience. After the third week, I kind of felt a little better about it and kind of continued. And it was just, you know, it was really, really fun. Um, everything that I've experienced in the classroom is what I experienced, you know, on the job with some additional things, you know, later on. Um, but it, it was really, really exciting time for me. I was finishing up my bachelor's degree and, and I got my dispatch license. So it made me, you know, that much more marketable. Cool. And then you decided to move on and, and come here to Polk State, which we're so glad about. We fast forward through your getting a job, et cetera. It's been a really good career for you, um, and it's been a great career for many of the other folks that I know in dispatch. Uh, some of you have heard on this podcast I talk about the dispatchers and the folks that are out there helping us, you know, me being a pilot. 
and help me get through the weather. I just spent a week trying to navigate around this big line of storms. I was in the Northeast and there was a lot of rain. Uh, the dispatcher is somebody we lean on as pilots to help us get through that, but also to plan our strategy and our process to get through those storms. Interestingly, one one of the things that people don't realize is that to get that plane off the ground, there's many people involved, but you have two people. You have the pilot in command, the captain, but you also have the dispatcher. The dispatcher is as responsible for that flight as the pilot in command. Yeah, the dispatchers have uh, the joint responsibility with the captain to make sure that the flight from its starting position to its end position, you know, will reach it safely. They, what an airline dispatcher pretty much does is they provide the flight packet for the pilots. They'll provide weather information. They'll provide uh, non-working equipment at the airport or along the route. They'll provide all available weather, like you just talked about, you know, that line of thunderstorms and weather throughout the country. They'll also provide any um, things that are broken on the airplane itself as well. Um, and then while that flight is now in the air, like you said, they'll monitor the flight. They need to make sure that everything along the route of flight that they originally planned, you know, is adequate enough to continue with the flight. You know, I'm glad you brought that up as far as things breaking. Uh, had a bad day yesterday. We had four things break on the airplane. And interestingly enough, people don't realize we can actually keep going. That's what airlines are made that way. Uh, you have you don't have one source of failure. You can have multiple sources of failure, and you can still continue on. But certain things have a, a, a strong impact on our ability to continue on with the flight. Certain things break in a plane, and we really can't fly that plane. Something small that you would think, oh, it's not a big deal, then you can't go. Uh, I had a, a, an FMS system break on me yesterday, and there's two of them, right? If the second one goes, I was looking at the what we talked about in MEL, and we'll talk a little bit about what that is. If the second one broke, we're, we're done for the day. We can only ferry the plane. We're not... Actually, we can't even fly with passengers, period. So you're like, oh, my gosh, I got, you know, what I can fly. I know I can do that. But the dispatcher is the one, along with the pilot in command, that has to make that determination. Can we go with both of these? Obviously, there's a lot of, of, of paperwork involved, et cetera. And it's really, really interesting. You're getting that nitty-gritty. And that's the reason I want to bring that up is that there's this flying job, it dispatchers, et cetera, it actually has its challenges. I think a lot of people are under the impression that it can be quite boring. It's the same thing over and over. And you know what? Yeah, a lot of the times it is. It's the same route, dispatching the same weather. But when weather happens, things break, then the dispatcher and the pilot in command really get involved trying to figure out what to do next. Uh, I know also another thing people don't realize, if I'm over the ocean and I need to actually get some advice on something, a medical emergency, or if I need advice on a mechanical issue, the first person I call is the dispatcher. The dispatcher then get somebody else on the line, whether it's a doctor to help me out with my medical, whether it's a mechanic to help me out with my mechanical, or anybody else to figure out, hey, are we still legal to go? Then we get that done through the dispatcher. I mean, it's, it's the one point of contact that we have. It's our friend at the airline. We also, as pilots on the other side, we get frustrated sometimes with dispatchers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. And, and I'm sure you've heard that. They're, you're like, why are they sending me over this route? Why are they doing this? And we always have kind of that, that type of a relationship with dispatchers is, you know, I'm sure on the other side, dispatchers are like, why is the pilot asking this? Or why is the pilot doing that? So that's kind of, the, it's kind of fun. It can be frustrating, obviously, at times. But I tell you what, having a good dispatcher is worth 
their weight in gold because a good dispatcher will see a problem before it happens. They'll fix it before it happens. Absolutely. And, and that's what's that's what's why they're worth so much money, and they make really a really good salary. It's a great career field. Um, but anyway, you know, going back to your story of, of how you, you came here, so this dispatch job that you've been doing is an airline dispatch job. And, you know, the FAA requires the pilot in command and the dispatcher to, to make sure they sign for this whole, this release and, and sign for the, the actual flight. Um, how, how would somebody go from there, from getting that license to working at an airline? So there's always plenty of opportunities out there. Um, there's two routes that a dispatcher can go. One is through 121, which is things you'll see at the airport, you know, your smaller airlines and then your bigger airlines, you know, like your Deltas, your Uniteds, your smaller commuters like Air Wisconsin um, or, you know, commute air, smaller airlines like that. Um, And then you just just like an airline pilot, you work your way up, you know, you put in your time and then you apply to these bigger airlines and, you know, you move up into the into the big guys. There's also um, the private side where, you know, you just kind of, they're more flight schedules, schedulers, excuse me, than, than uh, actual dispatchers. Um, and they don't have the joint responsibility that the, the airline dispatchers have. Um, and then there's kind of a subsection of the 121 side where you have your supplemental carriers. Carriers that carry just cargo, like your Omni Airs or your Nationals here in Orlando, Florida. Um, so those are your your typical routes that a dispatcher would take. So then I'm assuming that if you're working for a regional, that the pay would be different. That's why people want to move on to the majors. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. the The pay starting out at a regional is probably going to be in the range of forty to forty five thousand dollars. Now, obviously, that's not a lot to start off with, but, you know, it's it's definitely feasible for someone to, you know, to work on Um, the cost ratio to to making the forty five thousand dollars is is, you know, is a lot better than someone walking out of college. Mm -hmm. You know, the cost of a course roughly is around five thousand dollars. So you're spending five thousand dollars to walk into an office to make forty thousand dollars. And that $45,000 has the potential of going even further and going into a job that can make six figures at the majors. Yeah, absolutely. In the majors, you can make well over $100,000, you know, with per diems and overtime and, and, and all those types of extra benefits added on. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the airlines you mentioned, we have a dispatcher that's coming on soon to talk uh, about his experience. He's been on the show before and uh, is just somebody who, who's really inspirational, loves his job. And one of the cool things is that, you know, as a dispatcher, you get to see all the changes in the industry. You see the new things. As a pilots, we sometimes, it's the other side. We are told, okay, this is a new thing. This is what you have to do with it. They're involved in a lot of the research and putting whatever equipment it may be online at that airline, which is really, really cool. But but getting getting back to this as a career, let's you said something about the, the you know return on investment it's huge because i think you mentioned a college education too now as a dispatcher i know as pilots we all we need is a license we can fly a plane right the degree is more required by the employer that wants to see you having a degree to be competitive is that the same in the dispatch world or do you have you don't have to have a degree right to be a dispatcher uh some 
it's a mixed bag out there. It really is. Um, some airlines want at least an associate's degree. Um, some don't want any degree, and just a license is absolutely fine. Um, when you move up into the company, you know, maybe as a supervisor or a manager, they want to see, you know, that you do have some type of degree, whether it be associate's degree or a bachelor's degree. So to be more competitive as you move up, you probably want to have the degree. If you want to get into the majors at some point, you know, if you're looking at moving on, that's a good thing to have. Um, but mostly these are through certificate programs. Uh, and, you know, we'll plug Polk State is a good example. That's where we're sitting right now, Lakeland, Florida. They have that program. Like you said, it costs about how much again? It's a uh, cost of $5,000. Is that what it was? Or? Yep. The cost of the course is $5,000, which includes everything. So you're going to come in here and take a course that only takes a certain number of weeks, six weeks, I think it is? Yep. Day, daytime is about five to six weeks. Evening is about 10 to 11. And then you're going to get out and be able to work in a field making that kind of money. That's really good. Actually, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here when you said that. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, that it took me four years at the airlines to make that kind of money. <laughs> you know, most of, a lot of the airline pilots are making that kind of money in their second year as a regional pilot. You know, we're seeing all these bonuses and stuff like that at the regionals. And with that said, that's a bonus for the first year. A lot of times, second year, they're making like what you just said, $35,000, $45,000. Here's somebody who's gotten a college degree, has gotten the, all the ratings and that type of thing. It's taken years to get there. The dispatcher, though, and this question came up uh, from another listener, so uh, we'll kind of ask it now, is one of the things that you have here as a dispatcher, and that means that I have to get a license from the FAA to get this. Is there anything else besides the FAA or an airline that this can be used for? Is there any other jobs I can go towards if I get this dispatcher's license? It makes you more competitive within, within the aviation field. Um, I don't believe it's beneficial if you're not focused on aviation. Um, however, there are a few people that go different routes, so they'll, they'll work and put their time in as a dispatcher, and then they can get into operations planning, or they can get into, you know, work as far up as your NCC director. So having, having the license is really only your stepping stone to where you want to go. So the dispatcher, I noticed one other thing too, is some of the regional airlines, um, and I don't know if this ties in anyway. Some of those guys go to like the trains and go to the to all the railroads and stuff like that. They actually have dispatchers too that that do work. But that's a that's not the same. You don't need this license, but that experience in being a dispatcher at the airline is what helped them get that job. Yeah, absolutely. That that's a that's a great example. Um, thanks for bringing that up. I I guess I didn't think of it in, in that retrospect, but absolutely. I mean, the having the ability to dispatch an airplane just shows your your competence ability. It shows your you know your workmanship. It shows that you have the ability to multitask to be able to work on multiple different things at the same time and still be able to you know, communicate with, with the pilots and make sure everything is, is, is safe. So I know people that uh, are in the airport here and in general that have gotten their dispatcher's license and have gone that different route. Uh, they might work in private aviation for a local corporation. Uh, they also went on to the railroads. I mentioned railroads, but also another thing too is trucking companies. Uh, you see some people that move on to that field. Why do I mention that? Because there are certain people that realize when they get into this aviation field, that it's not really for them. And you got to realize that this license will help you move into other fields besides just aviation. Uh, so that's 
although we love aviation, we, we also want to make sure that they can possibly get a job doing something else in their local area. If you're looking at a place like Lakeland, Florida, where we're sitting here now, I mean, you have a lot of distribution centers, and, and this really is the uh, the hub of most of that. And we you know we have Amazon moving in here, et cetera. And interestingly enough, not only do they have trucks, Amazon's bringing airplanes here too, which is really cool. And they have people that do dispatch for them. So who actually, and the question I think comes up, who really needs this license? Who has to have this FAA dispatcher's license, and where do they have to go to work to use this license? So like we talked about, I mean, I think it's really beneficial to student pilots. A few reasons is that, you know, they can make a little extra money maybe when they're in uh, flight school. Um, also, you know, I'm sure pilots don't like to talk about this, but maybe when the, if someone loses their medical for any particular reason, you know, once they work out on the field, you know, it's, it's a good backup. You know, you already work for the airline. You have this dispatcher's license. So why not, you know, why not get this license, you know, to to really promote yourself within the company? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. And like you said, you need to definitely have a backup. But again, most of the dispatchers go to work for the 121 carriers. Uh, that's where the big money is. That's where most of the jobs are. Those are the scheduled airlines. Uh, there's also uh, Part 135 you talked about, too. Yep. And cargo. Um, and that that's another uh, avenue you can go. And that's actually a field that I think you're familiar with. Yeah, I actually um, have a lot of experience in the cargo world. Um, I have also worked in operations planning. So me having that dispatcher's license really helped me, you know, move into into that position. It, it actually opened up my eyes to what goes on behind the scenes from a dispatcher and how how everything is put together, you know, before I dispatch that flight. You know, one of the things that a lot of people say is this dispatcher is just like the captain, has to have a similar knowledge. That kind of scary, you know, to some people. It's like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to learn about all sorts of things like weather and weight and balance and how an airplane flies and mean <laughs> aerodynamic cord and what the heck does that mean? Exactly. So, so that would make me a little bit nervous, but how do I get to the point where I have that knowledge? Well, coming into this course... It, it'll really prepare you for the basics of everything you need to know to step into an airline. You know, you'll learn about regulations. You'll learn about, like you said, what is a mean aerodynamic cord when we're talking about weight and balance and how the aircraft functions and how does the air flow over the airplane. All these questions will be answered during, during your course. There's, um, there's eight stages through a course, and you'll learn everything from top to bottom. So they have people have the opportunity to look at these programs. I do want to put a shout out to the folks here at Polk State. They're actually um, going to give some people some experience in what the dispatchers do by bringing them in house and talking to them. I know you're going to have an open house, but they also can find out uh, on the website polk.edu/aerospace. They can find out more about the dispatch program there, and it's a general uh, Q and A, frequently asked questions. You can, if you're in California and you, you're not looking to come out here, there's a lot of good information there. The general spe- you know, things about the, the actual program, the specifics as far as the license is concerned. But if you're in the area, in Florida, you're over in Disney or whatever, please come by and check this out. Not just for yourself, but if you're interested for your son, your daughter, for your friends, you can come by to the open house, and that's going to be on August fifth. 
at uh, 6 p.m. So that's tells a little bit about the open house that you're going to have here. And uh, and so not only can they see it, but also in the future. What, what are you all going to do with the open house? So uh, as previously mentioned, the open house is August 5th. It's a Monday at 6 p.m. We're going to have a few guest speakers from each um, airline. And then we're going to also have some booths set up for where you can have a Q&A with, with the particular airlines. Um, they're coming in, they're going to talk about what aircraft dispatch is, you know, these guest speakers will explain, you know, their experiences from how they began to where they are now. And then, like I said, there'll be booths set up for airlines for you to go talk to ask questions. Um, that's what they're here for. They're here to, to help you, you know, build your career and kind of understand what goes on at, at the airlines for a dispatcher. So one of the things we'll do is make sure that we get some pictures and stuff like that, and we can share that on, yeah, on the internet so that people that are just listening right now can learn more about that. Um, w- one thing that is in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, airline pilot, I have certain requirements. I know I have to be 18 to be a commercial pilot. I have to be you know, 23 to be an airline transport pilot or 21 if I want to be, you know, get my restricted ATP, et cetera. So what, what do I need to become – like a dispatcher, are there any physical qualifications or that type of thing? What do I need to do? Yeah, as long as you can read, write, and speak English and you're 21 years old, you can come in and take the course. Even when you get to the airlines, you won't, there's no, there's no medical license like a dispatcher. There's no age requirement to retire. So anyone can just can come off the street and, and come in and, and become an aircraft dispatcher. So the pilot ha- has a retirement age, the dispatcher doesn't. So, that's correct. So you just yeah. so yeah. So so that's an important point. I, I think people don't realize that they can also use this uh, further in their career later on. Uh, some people, you know, in the past, I remember what we used to do, and I know there's some people that are thinking of getting back in aviation and possibly getting into dispatching, they would tell us, well, while you're taking your ATP written, just go ahead and do your dispatchers. That's kind of, is that changed at all? Or is that like the similar to, are you, it's going to be a little different because ATP, you have to do the certified training program, but is it the same exam that I'm studying for? Yeah, it's the same exact exam. Um, it's the ATP. There's, um, it's a little different in structure. We have 80 questions that they'll ask and it takes about, they give you about a three and a half hour time limit. Um, and there's only one written. From my understanding, for a pilot through the stages they go, it's it's more than one written. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, but the ATP is one written. But then to get to the ATP, you have to do your you know, your student you go through, then you, you know, your private, your instrument, your commercial, and yeah, on. Wow. And a lot of people do like their <laughs> fundamentals and instructing, et cetera. That's this, a lot. Is, this is one. You are, when you're getting your dispatch certificate, you are getting a certificate after you take this exam. Now, how is there any experience that's required for them to actually get that certificate? No, absolutely no no experience. Okay. You can walk into to a regional office with no dispatch experience, no aviation experience. That's I mean, and, and just here I am, let's go, you know? So for someone who wants to get into aviation, is another thought. If you want to get in aviation and you don't have the money right now, you want to figure out a way to pay for your, say, even your flight training, you know, get into dispatch. I do know a couple of people have done that. Uh, it is a great opportunity because not only are you getting involved in aviation, you're actually in the door and you're talking to those people. Absolutely. And you're networking, which yep. is incredibly important in this field. Yes. Um, 
to kind of go back a little bit when we were talking about where you can use this dispatch license, we actually had a student in a previous class that came from a trucking company. Um, I'm not sure if he was exactly dispatching, but he came from a trucking company and he, you know, he's always been excited about aviation. So I thought that was kind of, kind of cool that someone from, you know, nowhere near aviation came in and, and was, he, he was a great student. So speaking of that, I mean, are, are you into airplanes? Do you fly? I was going to ask you that. I don't know if you, I don't fly. <laughs> I did did do like a kind of like a like uh, an intro flight, like kind of like an intro flight yeah. years and years ago, and that's actually what got me hooked into aviation. So with a, a pilot, you're gone a lot. You're, let's talk a little bit about the work environment. You're gone a lot. Um, so for instance, tomorrow I leave, and then I come back three days later. As a dispatcher, is is it the same, or is it kind of you, you drive to work every day? Yeah, it's just you drive to work every day. Um, you're home with your family every day. There's no no travel time. Um, the one time you do have to travel is what the dispatcher calls a familiarization ride, and that's uh, you'll sit in the flight deck for about five hours, and uh, you just observe what the pilots are doing. It's a yearly occurrence that the dispatchers have to do. Sounds so like other fun. than that, oh, it is. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that's the only time you'll really be away from your family and, and um, you're home-based, so there's really no traveling um, unless you're going to you know, use some of your flight benefits or ah, jump seating privileges. So now we get to the crux of the matter here. Absolutely. Why you'd want to become a dispatcher. <laughs> Not only do you get a decent pay, but you also are just like a pilot. You can, you just said jump seat. You can pass travel. Most airlines have very generous pass travel opportunities. So you can go in anywhere in the world. You can also jump seat on your own airline, maybe some others. I think that's really cool. So explain what that is. What is For those that don't understand what pass travel is, what, what is pass travel? And then kind of explain also the jump seat thing. Yeah, the pass travel is pretty much, you know, flight benefits for you and your family. You get to fly on your own airline for free anywhere in the world. Um, you'll also get the opportunity to fly with different airlines, sometimes it's a minimal fee. Sometimes it's also free. Um, so that's that's the greatest thing about being in the airline industry. You know, you get to go and travel the world. It's it's great. I took opportunities um, when I had the flight benefits when I was working at a passenger airline, <laughs> and uh, the jump seating privileges is even better. If there's no seats in the back and there's a seat up front with the flight deck and the with the pilots in the flight deck, you're 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 right up there with them and, and you get to go wherever you are. It's not just during your familiarization rides. It's, you know, when you want to, I don't know, come down to Disney or go to Seattle for a cup of Starbucks. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, as I always like to say that you can actually breakfast in Bonaire and have lunch in London in one yeah. day, which is pretty cool. <laughs> How many jobs can you do that? Um, it You know, the travel privileges are great. Have you uh, been able to use some of those travel privileges as far as jump seating to, to go to some cool places? Yeah, actually, um, when I first got into the industry, it's pretty much all I did. Um, I moved from a cold state to an even colder state. And then I said, I can't, I can't be here in the winter. It's just too cold. So I would come down here to Florida, actually, and go to Disney almost every month. So using those jump seat privileges to do that, um, you know, going to see family back home, I did that, used my jump seat privileges. Um, and other vacations as well. I didn't, unfortunately, get to use them international, 
but I, I did use them quite a bit uh, domestically. So would that be the advantage of going to like a big network carrier is being able to go on these past travel benefits with you and your family? and uh, Or does the airline you work for have an agreement with some of those other passenger airlines that you can even travel on them? Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, you, you go with your family on vacation with the past travel and you, know, you just you go and you enjoy your time. You know, you get to go on vacation and and half of it's for free, right? Half the battle's getting there, and <laughs> and you got you got the flight benefits for it. That's incredible. You know, it's one of the things that I I love about aviation is a. And I remember when I got furloughed, and I couldn't just walk to the airport and get on an airplane, go anywhere I wanted in the world. Uh, you don't realize what you have until it's gone. And yeah. I think a lot of people Absolutely. listening are like, "Wow, that's that's pretty cool." One of the things that I I think too is is neat about the industry airlines in general is that you can go all these different routes. Um, you can go the the passenger. You can also go be a dispatcher with cargo, and that's really something that I think people don't realize is that the the pay is also pretty good at both of those. Yeah, when you get to your cargo airlines, you're probably looking at making anywhere between fifty five thousand and up. Some start you at sixty sixty five. So again, going back to the the cost benefit. I mean, you're spending five thousand dollars, but in a year, maybe two, you know, you'll be making well over fifty thousand dollars. So to add to that, now let's look at the the dream jobs and the the potential. I I do know, and I hang out with dispatchers every so often. Some guys making six figures, I mean that that can happen, yeah. can it? Oh, absolutely. If you're working for United or Delta, you're you're making well over a hundred thousand dollars. Um, I heard of a story where there was a guy that worked at United and he was good friends with some people in their HR department and HR was like, wow, you're making quite a bit of money. They went, got their license and started dispatching. So they moved from <laughs> HR into dispatch. Yeah. And that's the thing. You got to realize that you, you go to those majors and stuff like that. You're going to make that kind of money. Uh, but there's there's really good money to be had. It's also the other thing is uh, we know about the benefits, but also uh, medical benefits. There's there's also retirement. There's all these really good things about working for an airline. And it's a cool in That's the other part of it. It's a really cool industry. You know, you go to other industries, nobody really talks about those companies much, you know. And, you know, I've done a lot of work in the computer field, and, and you don't see it on the news. But something happens in aviation, you're going to hear about it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. They'll never take a chance to pass that up. <laughs> So if you're really interested in doing this, as far as the dispatcher is concerned, I really highly recommend you looking on the website. Uh, it's going to be, I'm going to put polk.edu in the show notes slash aerospace, and you can actually look out there and look at the, the aerospace program that we have. And if you're interested in coming to the open house, you might be listening to this a year from now, and you can actually look at some of the pictures on there, but make sure you look into dispatch programs in your area also. So let's talk a little bit about the industry in general, not just here at Polk State. Uh, courses like this, the dispatch course, et cetera, are they offered throughout the country or how do most people go about getting their license? Yeah, there's schools all across the country that offer uh, dispatch programs. Some are offered at your own college. So if, you, you know, if you're in aviation college now, go ahead and check out, see if, if, you know, if that a part of your program that's actually how i i got my license was through my school so so me being able to to work here at polk state and bring it to them was really something that it, it made me happy you know i'm giving back to to the people here it's i think great. it's awesome that you're doing this i mean obviously you love what you're doing um but if somebody doesn't quite have the money to do this say 
Is there any eligibility for loans and those type of programs through the schools? Unfortunately, at this time, there isn't. Um, however, we are always looking for other ways to help students come in that cannot afford the cost of the college. Um, me and the administrators within the college are, are looking at that actually right now. Well, one of the things that they can look at, too, and, uh, is uh, there's scholarships out there. Not many, but there's some for, for uh, dispatchers. And uh, we have a couple in the scholarships guide. You can look on their website. Okay. And we're hoping to add more. So we're going to use That'd you as great. a re resource, and we're going to use yeah. everybody out there for a resource Absolutely. Uh, for dispatch programs. Remember that uh, we want people to get into aviation because we love it. I, I think that uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but as a dispatcher, you're actually, you're at the front, you know, you're right there with the pilots. You're learning a lot. You're seeing what's happening. And it's an exciting game. Going back, though, to your work environment, um, is this, now you mentioned dispatching. It goes on all day and all night. So is this like a shift work? And how many hours would I expect to work per day? Yep. It's 24 hours a day, seven day a week operation. Um, you're typically looking at anywhere from 10 to 12 hours of uh, of shift anywhere from four days on to four days off to four days on three days off depending on how many hours you work if you work um in a domestic type operation a 121 domestic you're going to be more um constrained with the regulations so you're only allowed to work x amount of hours um, which is 10 if anyone was wondering and then, you know, if you're working at, let's say, uh, a, one, a 91 or a 135, those ones are probably your typical five-day-a-week to eight-hour days because you're, really, um, you're not really bogged down with, with the regulations in those type of operations because you're more of a schedule than you are a dispatcher. So with that said, I've actually seen this happen. I think it's a little tougher as a dispatcher. I see mechanics do it. Mm -hmm. Commuting. Some people actually commute to their jobs. Yep. Some dispatchers do commute. Um, it, that it is out there, but, um, you know, if it's for you, go ahead and, uh, <laughs> go ahead and do it. I, I had the experience of doing it and, you know, it, it it's just, it's not for everyone, but it, it is definitely an option and it is out there because of your benefits of, right. of, you know, your, your flight benefits. So you could live on a little Island and fly to work. Absolutely. And there's people that do that, <laughs> believe me. And, uh, it's really cool. I love sitting with the dispatchers and, and having them in the jump seat. They love to see what's going on. They yeah. ask questions, you know, what does it really, what do you guys really look at? You know, what's happening here? Exactly. And, it, and, and vice versa. It's nice to go actually visit some of these facilities. Um, most of the airlines have this room. Uh, it's kind of, I, I dark talk about like <laughs> war games is what I say. You know, they're sitting in this room and they're they're looking at these screens and yeah. uh, it almost looks like the they're about to launch a space shuttle or something like that. <laughs> and they're little or little you know scientists running around. Uh, <laughs> but it, I guess it it is that environment, right? You're usually indoors. Yep, uh, you're indoors, lights down, computers on, and you know you you work away. But when something happens, though. There's, and let's talk about the excitement. It happens quickly, and you got to be on your game right away. Yeah. You, you could experience maybe a pilot's experiencing an engine failure, maybe a hydraulic loss of fluid, or, or maybe there's a fast approaching weather system, right? So these are all things that a dispatcher, you know, may get during his shift. And, you know, being, being on his toes and being able to handle those type of situations is, is what really makes a great dispatcher. Yeah, I, I can't say enough about good dispatchers. I mean, like I said, they're worth their weight in gold. Um, they can they help me. 
uh, the pilot that is, and they actually assist you throughout the flight. Yeah. And they follow up with you. You know, absolutely. Some people really love their job as a dispatcher, and it really shows. Yeah. It really does. And and there is a great opportunity right now for jobs in dispatching. Uh, before you know, let's kind of uh, before we wrap up, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, how are the how's the job market looking from your perspective? I mean, you're seeing students come in here. Are they getting hired? Yep, absolutely. So there's a ton of opportunities out there. So everyone always wants to talk about, oh, I want to go work for United Airlines, right? Well, before you get there, like we talked earlier, you got to get through your stepping stones. So when those people move up, what happens? Those jobs down below start filling in, right? Or start being vacated. So that's where new dispatchers will come in, learn what they need to learn, get their time in and then move up to United or Delta or, or wherever they, you know, you can even go international, work at Emirates, maybe things like that. Well, that's really cool. I tell you what, this has been really informative. Um, is there any advice you'd have to somebody about the dispatch program? If they're interested, what, what would you tell them if they are thinking about getting into this or thinking about becoming a dispatcher, you know, encouraging them to move forward in their career? Yeah, that's, that's a good question a lot of people ask. And the best answer to that is, if you're ready, just jump right in. You don't need to have the experience coming to the class. We will give you all the experience you need for your basic knowledge and everything that you're going to learn. Um, I know a lot of people will probably tell you, oh, no, you need to learn this and do this and take the exam. Don't even worry about any of that. Get yourself in the door, get comfortable, take a seat and just start learning. It, it's really a a great time to be a dispatcher. And the things you'll learn are really cool. You know, weather, like we talked about, yes. mean aerodynamic cord. Well, you'll yeah. find out what that means <laughs> in the class. You'll talk about aerodynamics. You'll you'll talk about many different things. Need to know a little bit of math, but you'll learn the math that's uh, you know required oh, very for the basic. airlines. Yeah, very basic. And uh, it's not. It, it seems scary sometimes to people, but. You just do it one day at a time, and that's how you learn. Absolutely. And uh, but they, Adam, this has been awesome. This really has been, and it's been great speaking with you. Obviously, somebody who loves being a dispatcher, um, been in the industry for a while. Yes, and, absolutely. And uh, and hopefully, some people will be able to come by the campus here. Uh, at Polk State College, if you're in the area, we have all sorts of brochures, et cetera. Absolutely. I know a lot of people come visit uh, Disney and visit Tampa. We're right between the two on I-4. Uh, so what's cool is that you can come in here. If not, go on the website. Uh, you know, that's polk.edu slash aerospace. Yep. If you're interested in dispatching, there's different organizations out there, scholarships. They're out there. But but keep researching it. That's for sure. Absolutely. And and if you're in the area on August 5th, please stop by. The open house starts at 6 o'clock. Oh, yeah. And then definitely we'll keep plugging that for you. August 5th at 6 p.m. They're going to have more open houses, that's for sure. If you have any questions, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. We will forward them to Adam. Adam can answer those questions. Maybe we'll have him back on to answer more questions about dispatching. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of, lots of stuff out there. Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Carl. You know, if you're somebody who's interested in any career in aviation, in dispatching, et cetera, one of the most important things you need to do is get started on it. You know, it's uh, like we talked about, there's challenges in this career. Uh, there's, if you don't know anything about the dispatch license, I really encourage you to go out there and look. But one of the most important things to do is when you're done listening to this podcast, I want you to do something. I want you to pick up a book. I want you to go to the website, do something today, do something now to move forward in your career and your life. Well, folks, it's been a pleasure talking to you. We'll talk to you next episode. 
safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.